0: Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. This is The Takeaway with MHP from WNYC and PRX in collaboration with GBH News in Boston. Nearly 25 years ago, researchers at the Annenberg School of Communication at the University of Pennsylvania conducted a national survey of parents. They learned that more than two-thirds were deeply concerned about the harm their children might experience from being connected online. It's a fear that has not abated in the intervening years. More recent studies by academic and corporate researchers repeatedly show that caregivers are terrified of the ways young people might be harmed as a result of online encounters. And while data show that the overwhelming majority of child abuse is suffered at the hands of people who children know, the fear of online predation is not without merit. In a recent investigation for Mother Jones, freelance journalist David Alm detailed the online platform Omegle and the evidence of widespread child predation allegedly facilitated by the site.
1: Omegle was founded in 2009 by a man named Leif K. Brooks, who at the time was a, a University of Vermont freshman. And he... Started it as an internet platform. Essentially, uh, it was it predates Chat Roulette. A lot of people have heard of Chat Roulette, but it's essentially a similar concept where you go on and you're matched with a random person around the world and it builds itself as a cool way to meet strangers. Um, uh, the company's tagline is The internet is full of cool people. Omega lets you meet them. And that's essentially who started it, where it came from. And the, the concept is build is very innocuous and a nice way to it's sort of like a video pen pal kind of arrangement where people are just connected and bringing people together that's the ostensible purpose
0: so what did the data tell us about who uses the site that's a fairly long time to have been around um, to have predated even um, the roulette chat so so who's been on it during these years
1: yeah so i had never heard of omegle until uh, march of last year And that's partly because of my age. I'm 47. And I found that most people I've spoken with don't really know what it is uh, if they're over 30. People under 30 have heard of it. So who uses it and what kind of data we have, that's hard to come by because the people who use it are anonymous and there is no login information. There's no sign-up required. You don't have to enter anything about yourself. And the people who run the site and I, don't, I couldn't even really get clarity on how many people are involved, but from what I understand from a lawyer who's bringing a lawsuit against Omegle, only a handful of people, at most maybe two or three. And the anonymity is uh, billed as an asset. So if you're on Omegle, nobody knows who you are, and this is considered or it's touted as something that will keep you safe. So there's very little data on who the users are, My research and my reporting would indicate that it's primarily young people, adolescents, uh, who go on as kind of a party trick or as a dare, or as just, you know, out of boredom. The the website skyrocketed in popularity during the pandemic uh, due to people stuck at home. So it's primarily adolescents and uh, grown men, uh, to put it bluntly. And the grown men are going there for uh, sexual purposes.
0: Can you just also help me to understand um, how much money this site makes? I mean, this is a a free site, right? Um, And there's not even login. Where does the revenue come from?
1: So I I shared several emails with the founder, Leif K. Brooks. And again, regarding the team behind Omegle, he could be the only person who works there as far as I can tell. Uh, But he told me that the revenue primarily comes from selling ads. And they also apparently run a cam site but he also told me that they don't have any affiliated sites. But there is a site called CamMegle that you can pay for um, connections with various people. But he told me that they sell that they sell ads. But if you go on Omegle, you'll see that a, a good number of these ads are to adult websites and mm-hmm. you know pornography. So it's very unclear how much money the site brings in. Estimates that I've read online would indicate, in some cases, over two million dollars a year. And if there's indeed a very small team, and if Leif K. Brooks is the only person, that's a lot of profit because there's very, as far as I can tell, very little overhead, if any.
0: And stay with us. We're going to continue this important conversation as soon as we return. It's The Takeaway. About 600,000 people go missing every year in the U.S., prompting family members to become amateur detectives. On the trail of one missing person is journalist Tanya Mosley. Why do you think you hesitated
1: when we first met in telling me the full details about your mother's disappearance? It's
0: heartbreaking. I didn't want to break your heart. I'm Kai Wright. Tanya Mosley joins me next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're still with David Alm, freelance journalist and contributor at Mother Jones, and we're talking about his recent investigation of Omegle, the online video chat platform. And I just want to give a quick heads up for this next part of the conversation, because David and I are going to discuss some examples of the abuse alleged in his report. And we just wanted to give you a little bit of early warning on that. The men who use Omegle to sexually exploit children have been the subject of numerous federal investigations. So you've already talked to us a bit about this anonymity, the challenges of even knowing who's using it. Can you tell me about these federal investigations relative to the men who use the site?
1: Sure. So if you go on the DOJ website and type in Omegle, it'll draw up dozens, several dozen cases uh, involving the website in one form or another. They all involve men who are... You know, adult men who have used who have contacted children on Omegle and used the platform to induce them to expose themselves or to send them selfies, nude selfies, either you know exposing themselves on Omegle or going off Omegle and using a different platform, whether it's Snap or Gmail or or what what have you. These men are caught usually by virtue of a parent intercepting an exchange, uh, so a child might send an email to a a grown man that they met on Omegle and the parent will intercept it, contact the authorities. In some instances Omegle does, you know, to give credit where it's due, Omegle does report some instances of child sexual abuse. So it's not completely uh, turning a blind eye, but the scope of the problem far extends Omegle's ability to tackle it and to actually handle it given that it continues to persist. And the site's now been around for 14 years. And they don't have a significant enough moderation team in place to actually be able to control it.
0: And has the company itself actually been the subject of federal investigation or or simply the individuals making use of it?
1: So the website has been free of federal investigation due to uh, Section 230. Uh, It's always been able to claim Section 230 sort of lack of responsibility. And Just to clarify what that means, Section 230 is essentially a clause written into the Communications Decency Act that was written in 1996, so 27 years ago, that absolves communications platforms of content distributed on those communications platforms. So it's sort of like saying, AT&T is not responsible if I phone in a bomb threat at a school. Mm -hmm. You know, I I made a phone call, I I committed a crime, but AT&T is not liable for that. So this is the defense that a lot of tech companies use when we talk about like disinformation. We talk about um, conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, trying to uh, influence an election. You can say, "Well, Twitter isn't responsible. Facebook isn't responsible for X, Y, or Z." Omega tries to make the same claim. We're just a communications platform. We put you know person X with person Y in different countries, and we just let them have a conversation. If a crime is committed, that's not our problem. So the site is currently the subject of a $22 million lawsuit brought against Omega by a woman in Brooklyn named Carrie Goldberg, who has built an entire practice since 2014 when she founded her law firm, uh, basically going after tech companies that facilitate stalking, that facilitate and enable predation, uh, revenge porn, any kind of tech-enabled uh, abuse like that is sort of her Primary um, area of practice, and back in 2018, she was hired by a 19-year-old woman who, from the age of 11 to 14, was ensnared in a in a situation essentially digital sexual slavery by a man in Canada who was in his late 30s at the time, and he for over over a three-year period had her doing basically whatever he told her to do and he threatened to expose her and she would get arrested if she ever told anyone and he even enlisted her to or had her enlist friends to perform for him and his friends and do horrendous things so carrie goldberg in at the end of 2021 brought a 22 million dollar lawsuit against omegle and her tack was not to go after Fordyce or any of the other men who have committed crimes on Omegle, but rather to go after Omegal for creating a product that is intrinsically flawed to the point where it would pair a 38-year-old sexual predator with an 11-year-old girl. So it's a product liability claim.
0: Are there solutions?
1: Well, there are currently some efforts at the federal level to pass legislation that would hold platforms like omegle but also facebook gmail any other platform liable for facilitating crimes against children um, uh, the the primary legislation is called the earn it act of 2022 and it was introduced to um it was introduced back in january of 2022 by lindsey graham but it has a uh, almost equal number of republican and democratic uh, co-sponsors And essentially, it's stated purpose would be to hold platforms accountable for any kind of crime like this that we're talking about. And to do that, they would require um, records be kept. Uh, They would require that identifying information would be stored. Uh, It would be impossible to go on a site like Omegle anonymously. And that's one effort but then there are also counter efforts there are people out there uh, lobbying to stop the earned act of 22 because they see it as a as a fundamental threat to our privacy you know if you can if you can monitor and record and store data on all forms of online communication then who's to say that we're not all going to be just surveilled all the time you know so it, it it's a it's a It's a very dicey area in terms of legislation, but that right now is the most viable uh, solution to it.
0: David Alm is a freelance journalist and contributor at Mother Jones. David, again, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Thank you very much, Melissa. I really appreciate you having me on.